Romans chapter 15. We are going to, Lord willing, look at verses 1 through 13. And we see really Paul building on a lot of the things we looked at last week, as well as tying in really Romans 9 through 11 that we spent several weeks on in this call for Jews and Gentiles to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Really in all of this, uh, this morning, we see Paul calling for a unity amongst believers. Not only the weak uh, being helped by the strong, but all of us not looking to please ourselves, but to please one another. Just as we'll see, the Lord did not live to please himself, but to please the Father and to please us in making the way of salvation for us. This builds on what we saw last week in that area of conscience. And we saw in the first century especially, there was a, 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 a difficulty for many new Jewish believers as well as Gentile believers in eating meat, in eating various types of meats, some eating meat with blood in it. Remember the Jews have been freed from the ceremonial law. The Lord Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law. They had freedom, but they'd been under that law so long. Many of them, when they ate, they felt conviction like they were in sin. And indeed, if something is not done out of faith, it is sin. Amongst the Gentiles, there were many that came out of paganism and ate meat offered to idols, and they too were in that place. And Paul took that chapter to really explain, we have freedom. It's just, I said it so many times last week, it's just meat, right? My kids all week kept saying, it's just meat. You know, that, the, the phrase just got stuck in our home. And, and we have freedom to eat, but remember the bigger issue was, if my eating meat causes my brother to be grieved or stumble, Love for my brother or sister is of more importance than my liberty. And it's really, again, talking about conscience, talking about freedom, but more so talking about loving one another, being considerate of one another. And, you know, we saw how nowadays meat's not so much an issue, but absolutely there are several other areas of conscience, and we want to be a mature people and a mature church, understanding there's clear commandments given to us to walk in in the Scripture, and then there's so many areas of freedom where consciences are going to be different, and a mature church is going to understand that. We're not going to bring in legalisms based on someone's conscience, but we're going to love one another and realize, look, there's a whole lot of areas where there can be differences, but if we love one another, guess what we find of those differences? We find unity in the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, so Paul builds on that today. And us not looking to please ourselves, but to please others, as Christ absolutely did. We'll see Paul pointing to the written scriptures of absolutely the life of Jesus, taking the reproaches, even the reproaches against the Father upon himself. So us following that example. And then it seems that again, he addresses again the Jew-Gentile relationship. And it seems that there were some stronger Jewish brothers that were maybe getting intolerant with some of the weaker Gentile believers and brothers. And so Paul really makes the point that, hey, look it, the Lord absolutely came to fulfill the scripture according to that covenant with the circumcision, but he didn't just do that for the Jews. He did that so the Gentiles would be grafted in to give praise to God. And so he's really talking a lot about unity in this in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we'll see Paul transitioning it to giving praise to the Lord. 
that indeed we are saved to love one another, but more so to love the Lord. And out of that flows patience and comfort and joy and peace and hope from the Father, from the Spirit of God into our life. So it's an interesting passage. I kind of liken it to, you know, some passages is just a, a clear river you go and jump in and others it's like several streams kind of coming together and kind of navigating our way through it a lot here but i believe that as we go through it it will come along full circle and the lord just going to knit a beautiful you know what a beautiful bible study here for us that's my prayer so that's a little bit of where we've been and where we're going let's read the text together we got 13 verses really encourage you to you know, I know it's easy around verse 6 or 7 to kind of start thinking about, you know, the pancakes or something like that. But, but you know, as we read this together, it will really help as we go through and we break it down, you know, at a verse, a couple verses at a time. So let's kind of look at the forest and then we'll jump in and we'll start looking at some different trees and a rock and here's a stream over here and so forth. And hopefully leave here edified and encouraged and exhorted and equipped and even if we need to be rebuked can we say amen to that lord rebuke me correct me cut out what needs to be cut out that all the more i could abound in you so he says we then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves let each of us please his neighbor for his good leading to edification for even christ did not please himself but as it is written the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded towards one another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glory, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7. Therefore receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercies as it is written for this reason I will confess to confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, laud him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now again, notice he says, to those who are strong and this is where you know i think in reading this we probably step back and we do some self you know what analyzation okay to those that are strong and then he talks about those who are weak what am i am i strong am i weak am i somewhere in the middle so who are those that are strong I can tell you this, usually it's not those that go around saying, look at I'm so strong and check me out and that. Look at pride is always a picture of weakness in the body of Christ. This is not talking about us being strong in ourselves. Again, this is all revolving around faith. We saw last week he's talking about those strong in faith when it came to eating meat versus those that did not have that faith to eat meat. 
And it wasn't God trampling those that didn't eat meat as unimportant or even not strong in other areas. But that's our context here. He's talking about those who are strong in faith. And listen, to be in that place, you have to know I am weak in myself. I don't want to put faith in my strength. I'm limited. But listen, there is no limitations with the Lord having faith in God, trusting in the Lord at every single turn. When we trust in him, that's where absolutely there's an empowerment comes from the Holy Spirit in our lives. When we trust in the word, and it's evident because we respond according to the word. We stand in the promises of the word. When absolutely we want to worship God according to the word, there's great strength. In fact, the scripture is just loaded with picture after picture after picture of weak individuals moving in incredible strength because of their faith in the Lord. I mean, think about Paul himself who's writing this letter when he writes to those in Corinth. And he talks about a messenger sent from Satan to buffet his body. And three different times he cried out to the Lord, Lord, remove this thorn in my flesh, remove this messenger from Satan. And God told him, my strength is perfected in what? In your weakness. God had allowed that to happen in Paul's life, not to torture him, not to take from him. But let's remember, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament outside of the Gospels. Paul was a phenomenal instrument in the hand of God. Paul also had been a, sad, or a, 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 he'd been a Pharisee before, a member of the Sanhedrin, and that was a prideful, prideful group. So lest Paul, walking with the Lord, take on that pride that he had before the lord sent that thorn to his flesh to keep him weak but what came out of that great strength because what came out of that a dependency upon god i need to be dependent upon the lord and something to the natural man would look in you know in fact many believe that thorn in the flesh had to do with something with paul's eyes and, and there's a lot of scriptures that allude to that. And to the natural man, again, Paul looked weak. They even talked about his presence isn't as powerful as his words, but absolutely he moved in this great strength and this great power because his faith was in the Lord. He was dependent upon God. You see it in Abraham's life. It's very interesting with Abraham, even when he left Ur of the Chaldeans at 75, look at that's probably like about 50-ish today. If, if you kind of do the genetics and so forth and how long we live then, how long we live now. He was a strong man when he left. And yet as he left out of there and faced so many challenges and a call to trust in God to have this nation of Israel birth through him that the Savior would come. Every year, you know what? You get a little bit weaker and physically more ran down. And yet, with each year that passed, we don't see Abraham getting weaker. We see him getting stronger in the Lord through faith. In fact, right there in Romans 4, earlier in the book, it talks about how God had given the promise of that heir that would come through Abraham and his wife Sarah. And look at the scripture basically says, he was as good as dead. Sarah's womb was dead in themselves they had no ability to have a child but notice what it says again romans four eighteen. abraham 
who contrary to hope and hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken so shall your descendants be and not being weak in faith he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of sarah's womb he did not waver at the promise of god through unbelief notice but was strengthened in what in himself no he was strengthened in faith faith in who not just any faith faith in the lord faith in god the promises of god strengthening in faith giving glory to god and being fully convinced that he had promised uh, he the, the, what he had promised he was able to perform and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness so here's abraham the bible says you're as good as dead you know so that's the lord's commentary on on, on abraham you're as good as dead and yet he moved with great strength and a great feat of faith came forward and that through abraham and sarah because they trusted in god god did a miracle and brought forth isaac who'd bring forth jacob israel and we know out of israel came the lord jesus christ so he's talking about those strong in the lord that word strong means able mighty powerful that's going to be marked by fruits in your life fruits absolutely of service of devotion your lifestyle not waffling in the face of trials but persevering in the face of trials as it says there in matthew seven seventeen. even so every good tree bears good fruit but a bad tree bears bad fruit and in verse 20 by their fruits you shall know them so how do i know i'm growing in strength in the lord there's going to be fruits there we're going to see god working in our life look at that's the strength he's talking about here strength that comes through faith in the lord so those that are strong and hopefully we're getting stronger amen hopefully we're growing hopefully this is like the lord's gym where we're growing in our faith through the word through prayer through actions faith grows through those things those who are strong notice ought to bear with the scruples which means infirmities of the weak weak means the unable or the impossible and not to please themselves look at strength is given through faith in god but it's not just given to the person that it's bestowed on for themselves for their own pleasure but it is given absolutely to first and foremost give praise to god to be a servant of the lord our first ministry and it's also given for are you ready for it for others for others that need to be propped it up for others that need to be ministered to for others that absolutely we need to go the extra mile with god gives gifts so that we would share them with others listen we need to bear with those that need help with their walk with the lord can we say amen to that we need to bear with and edify those who are struggling we don't want to just live to please ourselves self says to the hurting i ain't got no time for you that is not the heart of mine of our god and look at let's look around the world today even look around christendom today there's a lot of weak folks in the body of christ there's a lot of newer believers there's a lot of older believers that are undiscipled believers that have never really been fully you know what established into a mature walk in the lord 
There's a lot of people that need healing. There's a lot of people that, again, are heavily burdened. There's a lot of people in difficult places. Have, have you noticed that? I mean, you look around and you see it. And then listen, we all have seasons of weakness. We all have areas that we need to grow in. It's a call to be patient with those that are weak. We'll see in a second. It's a call to be patient with, are you ready for this? One another. To bear with one another, to help one another, to pray for one another, to minister to one another, to encourage, to exhort, to correct one another in love, especially those that are in that place of weakness. And we know that, listen, there's, there's spiritual weakness, there's sometimes mental weakness, sometimes there's physical weakness, weakness, and we want to do, we want to come along and bear with them, not to enable things that can be changed but we want to bear with them to see them grow up to be in that place where they mature and now they are in a place where now they begin to minister to others and none of it is us pleasing ourselves again we saw last week romans 14 1 receive one who is weak in the faith remember that word means to befriend them it means to show them hospitality but you don't receive them to dispute over doubtful things or areas of conscience, areas that aren't black and white in Scripture. Notice Hebrews 12, 12, Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. I love this. So that what is lame may not be dislocated, but are you ready for this? But rather be healed. So again, we're agents that are ministering to the weak. We're bearing with them that they would be healed. They would be, as it says here, edified in verse 2, absolutely matured. Notice 1 Thessalonians 5.14, now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. You don't want to look at the weak. You don't want to look at the burden you don't want to look at the individual that's in the place where look at every time they come around it's like there's a cloud over them and it's raining you know what i'm talking about and and they're just in this place where we go oh they're a burden they make things difficult i'm not going to hee-haw and laugh and you know what have a a, a, a rib tickle in good time uh abort abort you know let me get, get get out get out no that's not supposed to be us we need to bear with the burdens of the weak. We don't want to say, well, they make my life difficult and unpleasant. Well, do they really? Or is it, you know, what, an interaction and we're so selfish that we say, I, I'm, I'm just living for a good time, bro. Look, at that's not what we're called to in the Lord Jesus. We have a, I'm having a good time this morning. I don't know about you guys. We are abundantly blessed but that is not my chief aim in life. We should look at those that are weak as our ministry and absolutely a privilege to minister to them, to see them mature and grow as God absolutely matures and grows us. So here's the thing. If you think you're strong, but you don't have the patience to bear with the weaker brother, the weaker sister, you might be fooling yourself. And here's the thing too, if you are strong and yet you are not ministering to and bearing with those that are weak, that's like a, a generator over here producing power, but nothing's plugged into it. What's the point of it, man? 
What's the point of it? The point is to glorify God and to minister to others absolutely as our Lord Jesus Christ glorified the Father and came to minister to others. Now notice verse 2, he expands this. Verse 1, he's talking about the strong. Again, bearing with the weak, not living to please themselves. But it says, let us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. Now he's talking about the strong and the weak. All of us looking to please one another. Always looking for the good of one another. Always looking to edify one another. Because here's the thing this morning, maybe you're in a place of weakness. And it's our prayer that all of us have weaknesses that we would grow But listen, that weakness should not be the center of your universe and all eyes on self. And so I am here just to be ministered to. And because of my position, everything needs to flow to me. Some people take that mentality on. It's not a good place to be. Again, notice Philippians 2.3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Each one here means everyone. This means all of us. Again, it's easy to say about others, their struggles, their nuances make my life unpleasant. They challenge me absolutely to have to get up and help out biblically. Let's remember again, we're not here to please ourselves. Whether we're strong or in a place of weakness, or have great strengths, or maybe our, mark, our life's marked by many weaknesses. Again, I'm not here just to find a cozy nest to sit in and, you know what, have a, a, a big feather cooling me off and people feeding me grapes. Now, sometimes maybe we need to put a brother or sister in that nest and then we minister to them, not to make that their permanent space, but to see them rise up to go minister to others. Again, we are here for the Lord, we are here for others, to please, to edify others in helping them, to see them abound in the Lord for their good and absolutely for the building up of the body of Christ. Notice Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work. And then how rejoicing in himself alone and not another, for each one shall bear his own load. So again, it's a call to bear one another's burdens, but also know I do have a responsibility to bear my own load. And part of that bearing of my load is no matter what my state is, I should be looking to minister to others. And I'll tell you something about individuals. There, there are certain individuals that I know that that spiritually they're strong, but Physically, there's weaknesses and and there's difficulties there. But as I see them abound, and and maybe it's a thing we come alongside and we help in those areas, as their focus is on Jesus, as you see them not complaining about their situation, but asking for prayer and having trust in the Lord, there's few things that minister to my heart more than that. There's certain people, they struggle with things, and I see them even struggling getting in. And I'll tell you, they minister to me every time I see them because they're coming here again to bring praise and glory and honor to God. It's like in Paul's weakness, what a great picture of encouragement as that moved him to trust more on the Lord. 
Notice 1 Peter 4.10, as each one has received a gift, so each of us have gifts, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And then notice, compare this to Proverbs 30.15. The leech has two daughters, give and give. There are three things that are never satisfied and four that never say enough. Again, let's share and bear one another's burdens, but let's not make it our aim to be leeches for Jesus. Hear this this morning, just because you're in a difficult situation, and when we get in difficult situations, it doesn't mean that all focus of everything needs to be upon us. And I'll tell you, again, hopefully we're in those weak situations, a lot of attention does come up to us to help us. And hopefully out of that, we're radiating for Jesus, blessing all of those helping us more than, again, ministering to them through that even more than they're ministering to us. That's a beautiful picture when you see that. Ephesians 4, 28, let him stole still no longer but let him labor working with his hands. Notice that he may have something to give him who is need. So again, it's a call to please one another, to look out for the good of my neighbor, to look out for good for all in the body of Christ. And what does this do? It leads to edification. It's one of the ways the body of Christ gets built up. It's one of the ways it matures. These things lead to growth, maturity, a stronger walk. We'll see a greater joy, comfort, hope, peace, absolutely outpourings of the spirit eternal rewards to the glory of god jesus made it real clear it says in acts 20 35 paul quotes jesus and he says it's more blessed to give than to receive looking to give praise to god looking not just to please myself but looking to minister to others. I'll tell you again, it's more blessed to give than receive, but here's a great truth. Selfishness on the other hand, whether we're strong, we're weak, no matter where we are, it's not a neutral place. It's not a thing where as I look to please others and minister to others to the glory of God, I'm gonna grow and be edified. Others will grow and be edified. It's not, well, if I don't do that, I'll just cruise in selfishness. That's not just a neutral place. That's not a place of limbo. That is, hear this, an evil place. We're not called to that. Notice James 3, 13 through 16. Who was wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. Hear this, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking, so I'm not looking to please my neighbor, just I'm self-seeking. If you have self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly, sensual, and demonic. Those are strong words. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Interesting, as he talks here in this passage that we've read and we're going through about pleasing others and praising God, you know, at our text this morning, it, 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 in the, the chapter continues, but where we're stopping, it, it stops with, you know, at hope and power of the Holy Spirit poured out in us. But selfishness, where does it talk about? It talks about another spirit, demonic spirits. It talks about, again, confusion and sensuality and just, just worldliness. I don't, I don't want that. I've been called out of that. I want to abound in the Holy Ghost. I want to abound in the things of God Almighty. And again, this is where we got to trust in the Lord by faith. It's more blessed to give than receive. I'm here to please others. I'm here to minister to others. I'm here to build up others. 
Now, Paul points us to the greatest example, verse 3. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Jesus is our example. Again, the things written in the word about the Lord are there to teach us. They teach us of his love for us. They teach us of his plan of salvation for us. Again, we know we are sinners. We're under condemnation. Jesus came according to the scriptures. He lived a sinless life. He went to the cross as prophesied to the fathers in the Old Testament. Paul points them to this here in a second. He went to the cross to again take the wrath due us upon himself to pay our debt, to pay our fine through laying down his life. The wages of sin is death. The Lord died for our sins, but because he was without sin, what happened? He resurrected from the grave. And in doing that, he defeated death, sin, Satan, and hell. And so we learn of this through the scriptures. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel found in the scriptures. And we also learn again through what is written about him of how we should live. We're to be imitators of the Lord. We're to be holy as he is holy. We are to follow him. Now look at, we read Philippians 2, 3 through 4. Verse 4 says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but for the interests of others. And then notice verse 5. It's really Paul saying kind of the same thing in both these passages. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus didn't come to look out for himself. Jesus didn't come to please himself. Jesus even said, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests. The son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Why? Because he was about the business of father. He said, I got no time for real estate and I got no time to find an apartment. That's not saying God doesn't want a roof over your head, but it's the Lord really showing, I'm here about my father's business. The Lord also knew his time was short. And that earthly ministry, that three and a half year public ministry, it was 100% pedal to the metal. I am here to serve the Father. I am here to serve others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. In other words, it's not about pleasing me. It's not even about acknowledgement of me took on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Now follow through with me with this because we're gonna come back to it here in a second. And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death to the cross. For who? For us. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus didn't come to please himself. He came to do the will of the Father and he came because he loves you. He came for you. He came for me. He took all of the sin of mankind upon himself and even the unwarranted anger of sinful man against God the Father, it fell on Jesus. The reproaches of those who reproach you fell on me. Again, notice you, it's capitalized. So all the reproaches against God the Father was put upon God the Son. And how often do we so easily get disgruntled when we're called to even carry our own load or 
to help carry the load of a brother or we get a few reproaches hurled our way because we're Jesus freaks. We should rejoice in that. We should celebrate that. We should say, oh, Lord, I thank you that I'm counted worthy to be your servant and I'm getting this opportunity to imitate you. Hear this again. We need to understand we are not here to be comfortable. Though God comforts us, we read it in the text, and God gives us many, many. We're a blessed people, man. Look around. We are a blessed, blessed people. But I'm not here to be comfortable. I am here to be a soldier for the Lord and to do it joyfully because there's no greater privilege than being a born-again soldier for the Lord who lives to please others, but more so lives to please him who enlisted me in his army. Notice 2 Timothy 2.3. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one entangled in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Notice that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Is he your Lord this morning? Can you say amen? Amen. Then we are to emulate our Lord. We're to follow our Lord. He's our Lord. That means something. (laughs) Jesus, be my Lord. Oh, but you know, I don't want to follow you or look to you or anything. Just... I don't want to go to hell, but I want to do whatever I want. Be my own Lord. That, that's, that's, that's not Christianity. It's he is my Lord. He's my God. Notice verse 4. Whatever things were written before were written for our learning. That we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. We learn from the written word. This is why we go through the word as a church. Verse after verse. Chapter after chapter. Book after book. We just keep going through the word. We've been through all the word. I've gone through the entire word. I've taught verse by verse of every book of the Bible. Remember accomplishing that a number of years ago. Well, what do we do now? We go back through the word again. (laughs) We go through it again. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction and righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We learn from the word Jesus did not live to please himself. We learn that Jesus patiently endured even the reproaches thrown out by men upon God the Father. He took them upon himself. But we also learn through the scriptures he won victory over sin, death, Satan, and hell to the glory of God the Father. And again, whatever things were written before were written for our learning through the patience and the comfort of scripture, we might have hope. Listen, as we patiently endure, the scripture assures us of victory. We are on the victorious side. We have victory in Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but that comforts me and that wells up my hope. I'm living for an eternal city. I'm living for God Almighty. And I'll tell you, every step along the way, the Lord's always there. Always there to pick us up. Always there to encourage us. Always there to build us up. Look, at we got victory in the Lord. Boy, that helps us to suffer. That helps us to be patient. That helps us to not race ahead. God's got a perfect plan. Again, what great comfort knowing a verse like 1 Corinthians 15, 56, the sting of death is sin, the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
the scriptures bring great patience. Like I need patience with my brother. Get in the word of God. Well, but I, I do it and it's difficult. Let God comfort you. And then let God stir up your hope that again is serving the Lord and others. You're not wasting your life. As the name of Jesus is exalted in the name above all names. Look at I'm not Jesus, but the scripture absolutely tells us without faith it's impossible to please God for he who comes to him must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him my life is not in vain in serving God and others there's a great hope in that there is so much hopelessness in this world you know why it's there so so abundantly it's predominantly because it's a selfish world The scriptures produce patient, comfort, hope. Verse five, now may the God of all patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded towards one another according to Jesus Christ that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting, Paul points them to the word. In a second, he's gonna point them to a slew of Old Testament scriptures He's making it very clear. Look at this is the word of God. He points into the word and now he prays for them. Verse five and six, it's a prayer for them that the God of patience and comfort would grant them to be like-minded towards one another. According to Jesus Christ, and again, like-minded with one mind, with one mouth to the glory of God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the one mind, the unity, worshiping in one mouth, it's rooted in scripture it's rooted in the word it's not like a bunch of opinions coming together and let's try to find unity in this no we have unity in the gospel we have unity in the word of god we have unity when we lay aside our agendas and we say let's worship god let's lift our voices to the lord that we would be again like-minded and i'll tell you when we love the lord first again it's so easy then out of that to have a flow of loving one another. In fact, that's the order biblically. And so this prayer for unity, again, it's not to please ourselves, but to minister to one another. And it's that we would be like-minded. And again, we wanna worship with our vocals. We also wanna worship with our mind. Worship times not check out with my mind. I'm to love the Lord God with my heart, my soul, with my strength and with my mind to take my thoughts captive to obedience of Christ. That's why we, we work hard to look at, let's worship songs that we see they're clearly biblical. They clearly revolve around the Lord. They don't revolve around us. That's our conviction. And in doing that, we're hoping that we could come together with one mind and one mouth, glorify God. And what a beautiful picture doing that and then not living to please ourselves, but looking to minister to others. Look, there's a lot of folks here today. What if all of us said, look, at, you know what? Who's going through difficulty? Let's, let's minister to them. And I'll say, I'm blessed. I see a lot of that in our church. I, I, I really do. But I, I think we can grow in it. We want to mature in it. We want to abound all the more in it. God grant us grace. Verse seven, therefore receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Again, to receive, it means to admit to friendship, to admit to hospitality. 
And at this point, if you're still having reservations, well, I'm strong and I can't stand weak brothers. Or maybe I don't have time, a desire, or a gifting to help anyone but me. I'm a sinking man, all attention to me. Well, look at receive one another just as Christ also received us. Think of all the grace that God has extended to you. All the help God has aided you with, aided me with. Guys, the last breath we just took is a gift from God. I don't got time to read it, but you go back to Matthew 18. We talked about this recently, the ungrateful servant forgiven a lifetime of debt. And then he went and found a fellow servant that owed him a day's wage and said, give me what you owe me. He starts choking him out. That's an ugly picture. Again, the Lord did not come to please himself, to please the Father and to save you, to save me. So receive one another just as Christ also receives us. And listen, that is to the glory of God. I'd encourage you as well in this, maybe you're in a place where you are a strong brother or sister, but you've gotten selfish and you're not using that strength to glorify God and minister to others. That strength can go away like that. Again, you don't got time to read it, but Matthew 25, he talks about the parable of the talents. And the one guy that takes his one talent and buries it, God comes along. And again, when he has to give an account, he says, take it from him and give it to the guy with 10. A little different way of redistributing the wealth than we see today, you know. You just want to sit on it. You want it to be about you. Well, I'll just take it then. And I'm, I'm going to give it to someone who's going to use it for the glory of God. Verse eight, quickly here, it says, now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. For this reason, I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. Now, again, this goes back to chapter 9, 10, and 11, that great, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that great teaching on the Jews and the Gentiles and spiritual Israel being those with faith in Jesus, but practical Israel, fleshly Israel, God not being done with her and eventually her getting saved and in part through jealousy towards Gentile believers. And so he comes back to this area and it seems as we look at it in context, I would, I think what he's saying here, there were, it sounds like there were some stronger Jewish brothers that were getting impatient with some weaker Gentile believers. I mean, you think about it, Christianity is the fulfillment of Judaism. And these guys were very learned in the Old Testament. They, they, you know, it, it was like coming to the Lord with a Bible college degree. And meanwhile, you got these Gentiles that just lived in darkness that sacrificed to demons. They, there was a lot more growth that needed to happen. There were a lot more understanding. They, they're like, let's teach you the Old Testament so you can see how Jesus fulfilled it and so forth. And Paul reminds them, listen, Christ didn't come just to save the Jews, but also Gentiles. Yes, salvation is to the Jew first and then to the Gentiles. And the Lord came to be a servant to the circumcision or to Israel. Again, as he says, the truth of God to confirm the promises made to the fathers. And what was the promise made to Israel? That out of you, the savior of the world will come, Jesus Christ. And he came. But he says, time out, guys. 
Just because you knew about that before and more learned, it doesn't mean that he didn't just come to save you. We know in Genesis 12, 3, it says of Christ who would come, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That they would confess the Lord. That the gospel would be confessed again amongst the Gentiles, that they would do what? They would sing praises to God. Verse 10, and again he says, and notice here, notice this series. He's already talked about Gentiles singing to the name of God, confessing God. And again he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. These are Old Testament passages here. Paul peppers them with the word, not his opinion. I'm going to take you guys who are learned of the word that are being impatient with newer believers that don't know the word as well. I'm going to take you back to the word to correct you and to redirect you. Again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, and him the Gentiles shall hope. He peppers them with scripture... And again, instructs them and all of us here to minister to others, but more so to the Lord. He's pointing to these scriptures of Gentiles loving the Lord and really to love others. We got to first love the Lord. And I believe he really shows how do we love them? Again, he's telling the Jews, this is biblical that these guys have been brought into the family of God. Love them, love one another, love the Lord. How? Again, he says, rejoice in the Lord, praise the Lord, laud the Lord. In opening my mouth, in praising God in spirit and truth with one heart, with one mind, in singing, in praising. To laud means to applaud, it means to clap, put hands together for the Lord. Look, I know we're a bit rhythmically challenged as a church. But I love at the end of worship songs when we say, because I know it's not applauding a performance up here. We're giving praise to God, amen? Giving glory to God. That's a good place to say, amen, glory to God. Applauding the Lord, rejoicing in the Lord, praising the Lord. And you're like, well, I need a good reason to do it. I'm a weaker brother and I'm in a difficult time. How about this? In Jesus Christ, the root of Jesse has come. This is what he points him to. He came, he died, he resurrected. So even the Gentiles, again, in him, the Gentiles shall have hope. Oh, I have nothing to be praised, you know, to give praise to God. I'm in this difficult place. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Jesus will work all things for good. He's gonna see you through. And boy, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You have eternal hope in the Lord. You got all the reason in the world to rejoice in him, to praise him, to laud him. As he points to earlier, he's given us great mercy. Guys, get your focus on the Lord. This flows out of, again, eyes on the Lord. A a, a people in scripture, a people praising God, a people filled with the Holy Spirit, we see in verse 13. We'll close with this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. He prays again. He's instructing, he's praying for them. What a glorious prayer. 
pray this for me. Like, what, what do you want? What should we pray for Pastor Steve? I'll take that prayer. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, we serve the God of hope. God who made it all, he died for it all. He resurrected to defeat every enemy. I see his promises continually unfold in my life. He is faithful. I'll tell you though, a man with no hope is hopeless and that's not a good place to be. Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred or hope delayed makes the heart sick. But when the desire of the fulfillment comes, it is a tree of life. Listen, the Lord wants to be your hope right now. Not for that to be deferred or delayed. Yes, we have hope in things that are going to come and that are coming. But he's a ever-present help in time of trouble. He's with us to the ends of the age. You need that hope today? Look to him. Go home and open the word. Worship your God. Applaud your Lord. Sing praise to your Lord. As Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.1, Christ our hope. We have the hope of all things working for good, even bad things, Romans 8.28. We have the hope of eternal life. We have the hope of eternity with him. And we have the hope and knowledge that he's with me right now. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Listen, he was saying that to his people as they were about to go into 70 years of bondage and captivity. You can have hope in this. I'm allowing this to happen to redirect you so that your eyes will get back on the coming Christ where hope is found. I'll tell you about Three, four weeks back, well, it's been a couple weeks. I had about a three, four-week period where it was just weird, man. It, It was a different type of spiritual warfare than I think I'd maybe ever experienced. And the enemy was attacking my hope. Attacking it. Saying, you you just do the same thing over and over again. Look at you. It's one sermon after another sermon after another sermon. And it's like you just live in this ditch and you kind of go and you go here and the, the ditch is out and the path's there and that's where you go. And, and, and where's your hope? You just do the same thing over and over and over again. And it's like, wait a minute, I had to fight it. I, 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 never, I never gave in to it, but I had to fight it. And it was a pounding on my, my spirit, my soul. I'm gonna I'm I'm wear you down because you might've noticed I'm, I'm a charismatic guy. Look, I believe what I preach. I believe the word of God. Amen. And the enemy want to come and I'm going to pound that down. And I just one day I'm like, I got to get out of this funk. This is not a good place to be. And you know what I did? I just said, you know what, man? This, this is nonsense. And the whole time fighting it. But it was an annoyance. And I just began to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back and I just began to open up scriptures about hope found in the Lord and eternity. And just a real focus, a real focus on that. 
It, you know, and it's just like, it doesn't matter if my life is, if I'm in one little ditch and I go here and I go to here and I go here and here and it's just limited, you know, from here to my house over there or whatever. Glory to God, man. This ain't my hope. I'm living for an eternal city. And I'll tell you, the Lord just lifted that and a fresh hope filled my heart. And I said, thank you, Lord. I need that because it's a hopeless world. And that can help me point others to the hope of the Lord. I thank you for that, Lord. And I'll tell you what comes with that. Again, joy and peace in what? Believing. Now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in what? In believing. You need joy, you need peace. Believe in the Lord. Oh, I believe, help my unbelief. Good, that's a good prayer. Lord, strengthen my faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. Faith comes when we act on the faith that we have because you'll see the faithfulness of God when you act out in faith. John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. Believe, you believe in God, believe in also in me. And then he talks about mansions prepared in heaven. I'm coming back for you. Well, you talk about a hope. Then lastly here says, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord. Look at there's practical means to hope. I get in the word, I lift my voice up. But, but it's so much more than that, it's supernatural. If it was just us, there's nothing in that. But there's an empowerment of the Holy Spirit, a supernatural touch from God, a hope that springs up out of our person via the person of the Holy Spirit. Hopefully we're saying, I want that. We need that. We need to abound in hope in a hopeless world, amen? Amen. I need to be in the word. I need to be a worshiper. I need to be looking to minister to others. And I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, how how do I get that? The Lord says, if you're evil and know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And again, that's asking for an empowerment to glorify God, an empowerment to be a servant of the Lord. God does not empower rebellion. In fact, those actions grieve the Spirit of God. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. And here's the thing, and look at it in the, in the context, and we'll close on this thought. Living for self, not bearing with others, not looking to please my neighbor, not being a worshiper of the Lord, not being one of the word, that's a form of evil. I'm, I'm called to abstain from that. Because if I want to embrace that and that's my lifestyle, that's going to quench the Holy Spirit. No wonder why you're miserable. No wonder why there's a cloud there and it's raining on you at every turn. Test, let's test our life. Look, we're, we're selfish people by nature. I don't know if you figured that out yet. That's why Paul says, I die daily. Paul's saying, I'm, I'm selfish. I'm covetousness. I have covetousness. I got to die daily. I got to put old Paul down so that, again, I could abound in the Lord. I, I, Paul needed a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit every day. So do we. We need it throughout the day. So, Lord, fill me. Let me die to self. Help me in these things. And 
listen, he meets us where we're at. He's a glorious Lord. And, and listen, in all of it, he's so patient with us. Isn't that good? <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord, for being patient, for giving us comfort. You know, I, again, the last few years has been, been a different season, but I've, I've been so blessed because I've seen, I see a world just running around with a great measure of hopelessness like I've never seen. But I see many in the body of Christ just abounding in the patience and comfort of the Lord. Sometimes you gotta go through a trial to really see it and appreciate it and so forth. Let's stand up, let's close in prayer and worship. And I made it my aim to finish 5, 10, maybe 15 minutes early, give you a little more time to eat and break bread and so forth. So Heavenly Father, we bless you, we give you glory. Oh Lord, we thank you that you're so good. Help us, God, to rest in you, rejoice in you, to believe you and to believe your word. Fill us afresh with the Holy Spirit. Can we say amen to that? Help us in loving you. Help us in loving others. We need your help, God, and I know you want to help us. Lord, any this morning that are in that place of hopelessness, God, we pray all the more, Lord, you would comfort them, all the more you would encourage them, all the more, God, you would even, if you need to even take their chin and pull their head up to get their eyes on you, you would do that right now, Lord. And if you're here and you don't know the Lord Jesus, you've heard the good news. The bad news, we are sinners separated from God. The good news is that Jesus died for our sins, rose from the grave, and whoever calls on the name of the Lord would be saved. Man, go from hopelessness to all the hope in the world by calling on Jesus. I can't encourage you enough to do so. I, I, I don't want to just assume everyone here knows him. Call upon the Lord. Lord, even right now as we close in prayer, I pray in worship, I pray we could really lift our voices to you. And Lord, all these things we've talked about, Lord, even supernaturally, you pour out on us in a great way, God. Thank you for the food that's been made. I pray we'll have a glorious time of breaking bread and fellowship and you just shine your face on us. Let's worship him. faithfulness, oh God, you wrestle with the sinner's heart, you lead us by still waters and to mercy, and nothing can keep us apart, Let's sing it out, so remember, so remember your people, remember your children, remember your promise, oh God. Your grace is enough, your grace is enough, your grace is
Well, guys out there, there's food that's been made. Uh, I think if everyone goes out that door, we're going to log jam. So maybe the back, you can go around. That's been prayed for. Go get some food, break bread out here, and God bless you. Pray you have a wonderful day and week in the Lord Jesus.